1: Through perspectives of hope in Jesus Christ. What does a person do after visiting different churches and noticing the disconnectedness between Christian groups, especially after observing so many amazing events in the body of Christ, while others did not know what was happening or how interaction? might match their interests and passions. This is the story of Reverend Kelly Fassett, who has a uniting vision for Boston in the spirit of Psalm 133, verse 1. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. We pause here, as we typically do at the beginning of our show, to remind you the reason we have the Good Life program It's to share how the love of Jesus Christ makes a difference in people's lives. I'm talking about the love of Jesus, so strong, dear friend, that he died on the cross for your sins. He was buried, yes, but three days later he rose again from the grave offering God's hope. And it's our prayer that if you have not opened your heart to Jesus, that somehow, sometime, even during this show, you would open your heart and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And dear one, if you already know the Lord, look, I believe you're gonna be you're gonna be built up today. Reverend Kelly Fassett is the executive director for Unite Boston and is the catalyst for Unite Boston's bridge-building work throughout Christians in the region. She earned a certificate in Christian Foundations from Gordon Conwell Theological Seminary. Her Master of Divinity degree in Global and Community Engagement is from Boston University. Kelly is married to Andrew. Both are ordained with the American Baptist Churches of Massachusetts. They have two daughters, Abigail and Elise. Reverend Fassett, welcome to our show.
2: Thank you so much. It's an honor to be with you today. Mm -hmm. Where did
1: you grow up?
2: I grew up in the Southwest, uh, in Utah, Colorado, and Arizona. Um, I grew up uh, doing lots of camping and rafting outdoors, um, playing a lot of volleyball, uh, enjoying time out there.
1: You talk about sports. You talk about being an outdoors outdoors person. That is really the place. I, I hear... People talk about places like Colorado and wh- wherever they come from. When they, when, mm-hmm. they, when they are in Denver or somewhere, they feel like they've come home. What was it like growing up there? What happened inside uh, your soul as you grew up in that place?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just really appreciated feeling connected to the earth and to God's creation Um, I remember um, just time and time again, my family would pack up our stuff in the car and go off to some place, the mountain, the canyon, um, on an adventure. And that really shaped me um, and how I view myself as a person who likes exploring even today in the city of Boston. And um, yeah, and just feeling grateful to be part of God's creation um, much bigger than just myself Um, and to steward it and care for it for future generations as well.
1: Who would you say when you talk about stewardship and caring with future generations in mind, who would you say influenced you most, Kelly, in your growing up years?
2: Mm -hmm. Really my parents, I would say. Um, I was grateful to grow up in a loving household, um, and they really took great care of me and my sister. I have a sister who's four years younger and, um, yeah, gave us a lot of great values and, um, and uh, perseverance and strength um, and dream to – inspired me to dream big and live the life that I wanted to live.
1: You mentioned dreaming living the life that you wanted to live. Describe for us your journey to faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so I I was really grateful for my upbringing, but I actually didn't find Christ until college. Um, it was in college that I started wondering what to believe and why, and I actually attended. I was part of a dorm and had all these friends that ended up being Christian, but... And they kept inviting me to go to church and I kept refusing. <laughs> but one day I went with them and it was during worship time at the church that I really experienced the sense of peace and love um, that I'd never felt before in church. We used to go to church kind of traditionally in Christmas and Easter. But um, yeah, th- that day it felt deeper and more real than it had ever felt before. And so I it led me on a journey of, Wondering, is all the claims in the Bible true? Is Jesus really who he says he is? And um, asking dozens of people I knew why they believed in Christ and what God had done for them, um, I began to see that God wasn't just in the clouds, or it wasn't just an idea, a construct, or something to just believe, but God was alive and active and working in people's lives. Friends of mine, and that really impacted me to say, "I want, I want that for myself."
1: So this is during your undergraduate years. Were you still in the? I was Southwest? actually in
2: uh, Gonzaga University in Washington State.
1: Okay, Washington State. Good basketball there. Mm-hmm. At
2: Gonzaga. I was actually a volleyball player there. All right. So, mm-hmm. uh, good, good. their volleyball team wasn't quite as good, <laughs> but <laughs> that's okay.
1: So you're there in the Pacific Northwest at Gonzaga and you're going through this period now where your your mind and your heart is opening to the the truths about God, exploring. What kind of conversations did you have with your friends, and what brought you to a place where things became clear in mm-hmm. your faith?
2: Yeah, I remember going around um, this walk walking path and saying, telling them, I don't believe in God, but you do, so tell me why you do. Um, and so it was, yeah, it was hearing those stories of God actually acting in their lives <clears throat> and the value of a personal relationship with Christ on a day-to-day basis, how God had carried them through tough times that, yeah, I I really decided that was something that, that I wanted to live for as well.
1: Now, you mentioned sports, specifically <clears throat> volleyball. This pulls us a little bit further into a level of specificity compared to the outdoors life that you were living in the Southwest. What position did you play?
2: Mm -hmm. I was a middle blocker. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty tall. I'm about six feet tall. And yeah, right there at the net with my hands up, (laughs) ready to go.
1: I see the joy as you think back. Is there an overlap? Between your athletic career and your spiritual journey,
2: mm hmm, yeah. So actually, the the connection actually happened um, a few years later. I actually moved to Boston to pursue rowing. So I started as a volleyball player, and then I started rowing in college because um, my coach didn't renew my scholarship for volleyball. So I just decided to try something new, and I had grown up, you know, doing lots of outdoorsy things, rafting and thought that would be fun. So I tried crew and really loved it and moved to Boston after college to try to make the national rowing team. So I was really training twice a day, six days a week for that.
1: Did your spiritual quest continue? Right, right, so,
2: so yes. Um, and in what way? I really felt like the Lord led me from college, that awakening um, to then kind of pursue this dream here in Boston. And, um, yeah, God just, um, continued to deepen and and enliven my faith. Um, I think as an athlete, um, there's a lot that it takes just to, to make it, you have to really push yourself to the limits. And there's a lot of times what I would do is actually turn to God in those moments. Um, there's, when you're a rower, there's like these power 10 strokes that sometimes the toxins lead you in. And I would always say there's Bible verse during those, vers- during those strokes. Like I can do all three things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, I, every stroke I can do and just like letting God's strength um, infuse um, my activity in whatever way.
1: In those young years and that's very precious when you talk about how you tapped into um, even the scriptures finding strength in the word of god were there influence people that influenced you in those early years that helped shape who you've become today
2: yeah i would say my pastors who came alongside me in this journey of discerning what i was called to um pastors who really helped to cultivate a sense of, um, of Christian leadership in me and not discounting me as a woman leader. I think that was really powerful to be part of the churches that I was part of. Um, yeah, and there were some challenges with that too. Um, but but I would say the pastors and kind of spiritual leaders, I had a really great mentor in college when I was first discovering Christ, who was meeting with me every week, and I would just come with all my questions. <laughs> that, that was really, just that being with on the journey was really influential for what me. What
1: was the name of, of that mentor?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, Lynette. Mm-hmm. Lynette.
1: Well, thank you, Lynette, for your faithfulness to the Lord. Look at what God has done and continues to do in the life of Reverend Kelly Facet. When we come back from our break, we'll talk more with Kelly Facet. Spiritual formation, yes. Role models, yes. These are vital people in our lives. She herself now is a role model for others. We'll talk about that and a vision that God gave to her, which she has acted upon. and the Lord has caused great growth in Unite Boston. Stay with us. More from Kelly Facet. We'll be right back. Wondering
2: the road of desperate life. They must the
1: barren's... James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from Wisdom. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is brought to you by generous sponsors. Thank you to Coach Dino Babers and Mrs. Susan Babers, Mr. Edmund Jung and Mrs. Mae Jung, Mr. Rodney Arias Sr., A1A Electrician, Cedar Assembly of God, and the Thursday Men's Breakfast, Boston. If you, your business, or your church would like to support The Good Life with Dr. Danny, please visit drdanny.live. Join our partnership team. That's drdanny.live. Thank you.
0: You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. The
1: website is UniteBoston.com. Reverend Kelly Fassett felt the need to create an infrastructure for communication which would use today's technology to connect the Christian community in new ways. She and Mike Lloyd initiated the Unite Boston weekly email newsletter in the fall of 2011 which was the beginning of Unite Boston. Again UniteBoston.com. If you're tuning in right now or maybe just caught the tail end of the last segment, look you can get this program in its entirety. Go to drdanny.live. Podcasts available. Subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. They are available for you to share also, to share with others. Kelly, let's go back a little bit to the spiritual formation part because it ties in, I would think, to the way that you're leading today. You mentioned Lynette answering all your questions in your collegiate years. Who else has the Lord brought into your life? Others the Lord has brought into your life to help you in your spiritual formation.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I'd say other pastor leaders in my life. um, Pastor Kent Morawski was really powerful, um, influential, also Tom Griffith, and more recently my pastors, Valerie Copeland. Uh, So yeah, each of them in different ways really accompanied me, and I feel like the Lord really use them to shape and mold kind of the person I became talk about each
1: one and give us a, sn- a snapshot of something that helped that was indelible in you that you carry with you to this day
2: mm-hmm. yeah, so Pastor Kent did a great job of um, helping me to understand what I was called to and and coming alongside me I think I shared a bit ago about being a woman in, meter- in leadership and sometimes that's not valued but he and that church does believe women should be church leaders and so him recognizing that and their family really um the church was a a budding church plant in Cambridge so um yeah that was that was really powerful um pastor Tom Griffith also really had a great sense of the power of the Holy Spirit and um yeah it kind of built into some of the work that God had done at the other church, um, and just the, the power dimension, the healing prayer, um, and, and just the, the being with of God. He really did embodied that in a, in a great way. And pastor Valerie, um, she has a huge heart for justice. And what does the gospel look like tangibly in people's lives? Um, so I live in Dorchester with my husband and my two daughters, and it's a predominantly black community. We're white. And so it's, it's interesting just to think about some of the racial dynamics and how do we live our lives in a way that can really witness to the kingdom of God um, and seeing, seeing brokenness in lots of ways, but, but where God can rede- show up um, with God's redeeming work. Where
1: did you meet Andrew?
2: Yeah, so he and I actually met in seminary. Um, He—it's um, funny because we were both going to Gordon Conwell Seminary, and I was thinking about transferring. So I wasn't planning to go to this event, but I was trying to meet men doing big things for God. So I showed up to the church event or to the convocation of the seminary and. I said, I'm going I'm to be late, but I have to be strategic about this. So I scanned the room, and I found the tallest guy I could find, and I sat down right next to him. And um, After the session, we started talking. I gave him my card for Unite Boston and said, if he ever wants to learn about churches in the area, <laughs> he should d- sign up for our newsletter and like let me know. So that's we did coffee a week later.
1: How tall was the tallest guy named Andrew? He is six two, I think. Mm-hmm. When did God give you the vision for Unite Boston?
2: Yeah, so after college, when I moved here for rowing, um, I was training twice a day, six days a week. And um, one morning I woke up a year later, and there's just a sudden shift in me that I didn't want to row anymore. And it was like that, that desire, that passion left. And I began to just sit in my boat and say, okay, God, why am I in Boston if not for rowing? And I really sensed the Lord tell me, you're here to unite my bride. That's a really intense thing to hear from God. But um, God, I, and I don't hear voice, like, voices like that much, but it's just some, like an inner knowing in my heart. And you're here to unite my people, my my body, my bride. So a friend and I, um, we started thinking about what that might look like. Um, We started to go around the city and see what was happening to bring about greater connection and unity across Christians. And we saw there was a lot of things happening, but no one knew what everyone else was doing. So we started sending out an email newsletter that we called Unite Boston to our friends, just trying to help connect the dots of, hey, here's what's going on this week in the city. Um, We are both in our mid-20s. Lots of young mid-20s like to go out and meet people and do things. So um, that was the beginning of, of Unite Boston.
1: How did people respond in the initial stages of the Visions formation?
2: Yeah, there was a big response. So within a couple of months, a thousand people added themselves to this newsletter. Um, A lot of young people wanting to be involved. Um, Mission, vision, values started to develop, especially as pastors. Some pastors were saying, hey, put on our stuff on there. And some pastors were saying, who are you guys and what are you doing? And we're like, we don't know. We're just trying to follow the Lord. And so, um, yeah mission, vision, values, organization kind of structure started to develop, we soon realized we needed a website to house this information for folks. So we raised money, built a website, and then became a nonprofit the following year.
1: Did you ever envision being an organizational leader in your earlier
2: years? No, not at all. <laughs>
1: uh-uh. So hearing that voice from God or feeling that strong impression was really an open door for you to step into something that you hadn't really given a lot of thought to, the organizational infrastructure mm-hmm. that was going to be needed.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: What kind of les- lessons have you learned in the process? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I a couple of things stand out in my mind. One is um, just to be faithful God is asking us to be faithful not successful and that's an interesting distinction right sometimes when we're doing things when we're doing our work um, we want to see things be successful and grow and things and that can happen but if our identity is too wrapped up in that sense of success then that's actually kind of can take us away from from God and who God wants us to be and God really wants us to be (coughs) faithful in the small things and 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 God will bring the growth in time Um, so there's that and that kind of relates to a lesson of um, one of the scriptures I've been really um, studying and and thinking a lot about of Zechariah 4 6 uh, not by might nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Um, and and these two are are tough ones for me because I can be someone who, as a rower would, <laughs> muscles your way through um, the hard things, just trying to see make things happen. Um, and sometimes God wants us to let go instead of making it happen. And and in doing so, as we let it go, sometimes we see God work in, in surprising and unexpected ways.
1: Take us back to some highlights related to moments when you let go.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This is a, a bit counterintuitive mm-hmm. to a, a person's, well, especially someone who has strength, someone who has vision, someone with an athletic background. hmm how did that correlate you letting go and then seeing God move in mm-hmm. some highlights? Sure. Unite Boston.
2: Yeah. So one of the biggest um, uh, blessings has been the way rather than me thinking I have to have all the right answers or all the ideas to make things happen, rather letting go and let others dream their dreams and, and steward my role of being stewarding and coming alongside them. So there was a young woman named Chloe Dados who um, was a student at Gordon College, and she had to do a summer internship, and she came to me and said, I would love to do an internship with Unite Boston. And I said, okay, what do you envision the church being or doing that you don't see happening right now? And she said, I would love to see a United worship night in the Boston Common with hundreds of Christians coming out to this, um, just worshiping God faith- authentically and faithfully. And so I said, okay, let's do it. <laughs> so she invited some of her friends. She knew a lot of young worshipers, le- worship leaders. Um, I kind of had this Unite Boston infrastructure, and so we partnered together. And, yeah, it was really beautiful to see the first year a couple hundred people came out to it. Um think it was 2017 2018 yeah 2019 we did three years kept building and building and building to be kind of a really large event um
1: each year it grew mm
2: -hmm. um in the pandemic it took different iterations (laughs) and then this last year we had another large worship event outside in downtown Boston and um yeah it all started because I let go and let her dream, her dreams, and, and really come alongside that and champion that.
1: Oh, what an example that is mm. of letting go and championing, championing that. So some leaders might find find that very hard when they wouldn't have even asked the question of Chloe. Mm. Chloe wants to be an intern. Well, here, Chloe, this is the vision. Mm-hmm. Now, can you carry it out or will you here's, go, go ahead and carry yeah, it out? Yeah,
2: here's the envelopes to stuff for our fundraiser. <laughs> here's you can do these little tasks. I'm going to do the the big work. What do you think happened
1: in Chloe as she worked or partnered with Unite Boston?
2: Mhm. Yeah, I think she and others are beginning to 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 dream new dreams. Um, that's something we talk about with our team: is fostering an, a sense of ecclesial imagination. What is the church called to be and do? Um, let's get outside our boxes of what it has been. But what could it be, and how do we get there? I think sometimes the the denominations and all this the current structures of Church being, in some ways, Sunday morning centric. Um, and all of the de- denominations, the word denomination actually means divided nation. Um, that's not what we're called to be. <laughs> and so, and it's not that the denominations don't, don't. I don't think they will be completely eliminated, but it's how we relate to each other across all these different um, identities and things that we carry with us.
1: I love the phrase ecclesial imagination and you're helping facilitating the embodiment of that which takes us back to a spirit of the spirit of Psalm 133 verse 1 but we we need facilitation to help bring legs to that this is a, a very moving and provocative, ministry that you have in a good way. Unite Boston. You can find out more about Unite Boston and Reverend Kelly Facet at uniteboston.com. Again, that's uniteboston.com. When we come back from our break, we'll talk about spiritual climate. How things have changed from the perspective of Kelly Facet. That and more. Reverend Kelly Facet has a Certificate in Christian Foundations from Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. Her MDiv in Global and Community Engagement is from Boston University. With certificates in Religion and Conflict Transformation, as well as International Mission and Ecumenism. Stay with us. We'll be back.
3: On behalf of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, weekdays at 6 p.m. on WEZE, and visiting drdanny.live for more resources. My dear friend, it is because of listeners and donors like you that we are able to spread the message of Jesus' love and bring hope to people like you, your family, and friends. Proverbs 11.25 says, He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Will you prayerfully consider donating to Danny Yamashiro Ministries so that we may continue to broadcast the gospel so believers will be built up and non-believers may form a relationship with Jesus Christ? Visit drdanny.live to make a financial contribution today. That's drdanny.live. And thank you again for supporting The Good Life with Dr. Danny. May God richly bless you with The Good Life.
0: Listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Together
1: towards the gospel. Together towards gospel movement. Yes, that's the motto. Together towards gospel movement. That's the motto of Unite Boston. You can find out more about Unite Boston and Reverend Kelly Fassett and her team, her growing team from different ministries and different organizations, even denominations. You can find out more at UniteBoston.com. You do have a unique perspective on things because you have so many conversations with pastors, ministry leaders, organizational leaders. In what ways, Kelly, have you observed the spiritual climate change in boston
2: so recently it's been it's been interesting right um and yeah with with the pandemic and even in the wake of george floyd and um, and almond arbery and other unarmed black men that have been murdered and there's just been a lot shifting and um, pandemics not only sickness but unrest. And, and I think the Lord is doing a lot in our country and, and in, in, in the city as well to, to shift and mold where do we place our identity and um, political affiliations and, and kind of unearthing some of the idols that we might be upholding to be more in front of, of, of Christ. Um, so one of the things we've been doing lately is um, conversations across divides. Because we see a lot of people have, especially with the pandemic, there's a lot of isolation. And and sometimes that isolation breeds um, false understandings of one another. And kind of a sense that um, this group is not on my team. No way. Like, they're of the enemy. Um,
1: Can you give an example?
2: I mean, I think the uh, political um, situation is especially... Uh, tenuous um, and Republicans saying only the Republicans are, are on the right side and Democrats the same thing um, but I, Jesus didn't have an, a political affiliation um, and we i I see that we need to listen and learn and find points of commonality beyond that in order to truly be the body of Christ in the world. So we've been, we've been fostering conversations about difficult topics um, and um, yeah, you know, we did a, a "Be the Bridge group around um, uh, helping people to foster a sense of racial reconciliation and justice. And, and I've been doing a lot of personal learning around that too. so um, well, let's, yeah,
1: drill down a little bit on your personal learning, but before we do, from an emotive perspective, Isn't it uncomfortable to bring people from varying positions or polarizing positions into a room and to try to move forward with some kind of dialogue? Mm -hmm. How do you process Mm -hmm. that feeling and still go forward? Mm -hmm. It seems adverse.
2: Yeah, it is uncomfortable. Um, And yeah, I think God is calling us to those spaces of uncomfortability Because um, too often, if we don't go there, we're just talking at each other rather than with each other. And there's actually a structure that we're using for dialogue that helps it go from being the, oh, no, they just said that thing to, okay, I don't agree with them, but I can hear where they're coming from so there it's like a a model that there's turn taking and a certain number of limit of minutes that everyone can share about and um and you have to first share your personal story as it relates to this topic, so it kind of gets everyone to feel like we're we're all in this together
1: because if it's gonna be any meaningful conversation, bombs have to be dropped at some point, right mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's inauthentic. Yes. You yeah. haven't really gotten to a place where you're going to mm-hmm. touch a nerve or even get to the very surface of something that's very, very deep and tenuous. And, and also, I would think, there's not enough time. So there has to be some predisposed understanding that we're not going to settle everything mm-hmm. or perhaps not even s- seemingly settle anything Yes, in a meeting like that. What lessons have you learned personally in this process? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I've learned that um, the person that I might see as being on the other side actually I I might see an issue as being very black and white but actually there's a lot of nuance and and a lot more to where they're coming from than I saw before and actually um, yeah, even with a group of people that you kind of do this with, it goes from People entering the room and saying, Oh, those are the A people and here are the B people, to then saying, Wow, there's a lot of differences here and yet we're all in this together and we need each other.
1: So is that the is that the end game in the dialogue to To maybe have more questions than supposed
2: answers? Uh I wouldn't say that would be the goal, but I would say to gain a sense of understanding of others, and with that sense of understanding, often a sense of empathy and respect um, from those on on different sides, um, and and hopefully foster a greater sense of community for a group um, to to kind of awaken more of that that common identity than the. The opposing hostilities and and uh, parts of of being together.
1: Those things can run very deep mm-hmm. in people and families. Yeah, in the the cloisters of traditions and beliefs. What have you seen? Hmm. That's that's very
2: true. Yes. So. We did a structured dialogue at um, Grace Chapel, and um, they wanted to have a conversation on their understanding of what the church is called to be from different generations. Um, And they recognized they wanted to have deeper conversations (laughs) on things, but this was a good starting point. And it was really cool to see people um, share really um, authentically and boldly two people in the same room. One was a Gen Zer saying, "I don't think this church is about me. This is church is about all those old guys." And the old guys are saying, "This church isn't about us. This church is doing everything to meet the needs of of you guys." And both of them saying that at the same table, and realizing that actually um, they were in the same place, and and their their own ideas of what was happening needed to kind of be shifted, um, and by recognizing each other in that that. Um, community space
1: have you given more thought to structural dynamics within the culture that could be traced one could trace back to structural realities that exist that have in one way or another resulted in some of the issues that we face today
2: Mm -hmm. yeah there's so many inequities um, facing Boston's residents and actually I'm I'm part of a team that is trying to think about how we can mobilize the church to come alongside and make a difference in those areas Um, we started a, a conference called Boston Flourish this year and it's been incredible to to dream with this team of pastors and leaders. And then we actually hosted our first Boston Flourish Day this past uh, November, um, just a couple weeks ago, um, where we came alongside three particular organizations and issues. One was education, incarceration, and poverty and addiction. And the organization presented what was happening and then what could be done to further... Their work and come alongside them, and and there were dozens and dozens of Christians who signed up to be part of ongoing efforts and working teams, to to really make a difference in those areas.
1: You're 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 pushing forward to do good. You have a vision that is a uniting vision. Churches are partnering, organizations are partnering. Have you received any pushback that have resulted in? challenges that you've had to work through
2: or face mm-hmm. yeah for sure um, I think when you start talking about Christian unity you have to start thinking about what it means what does Christian mean what does the church how do you define it and what I began to realize even in my early years is I've a lot of people define that very differently those on the right might see it like this this is how the churches, those on the left, the same thing. There's problems. There's, um, we all, the, the Baptists see only maybe the Baptists are, are Christians or, you know, and I'm part of, I'm a Baptist. I'm not knocking all Baptists. I'm just saying we have to, um, we have to think about how we're defining that because I think mean, Jesus doesn't have that many constraints and confines that we put on the church and for, as an organization, we decided to center on uh, the Nicene Creed and the confession that Jesus is Lord and Savior and the Holy Spirit and some of the really early things that um, the church said was central to being a follower of Christ alongside scripture as our authority. And to make that our very center of our organization and not um, kind of try to define a lot outside of that. We know that God knows those boundaries, but as an organization we're not here to take a stance on theological issues um, beyond that. But rather to foster conversation and learning. Mm-hmm.
1: You have, to use l- lack of a better term or phrase, Unite Boston is focusing, majoring on the majors. Mm-hmm majoring on the majors, and there, uh, there is a necessity of that kind of framework in order to be able to envelop and include and yet have conviction and clarity structure. It takes a certain kind of person to lead in that way in a city like this, and that's why, Kelly, it's a blessing that you're here sitting and we're able to have this conversation. Thank you for being with us. I appreciate you sharing your heart. I know this is just, I can only imagine, this is just a, a tinge of the, the wellspring of what stirs up in your heart. When we come back, I'd like to see if we could touch on something maybe a little bit more personal within the heart and life of Kelly Facet herself. Challenges that you face not only organizationally, but within your own heart, within your own life. Someone today may relate with and resonate with where you've been, and I think a unique window to minister to a dear listener who is our friend. More with Reverend Kelly Fassett, UniteBoston.com. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
2: Wandering the road of desperate life
3: Jeremiah 33.3 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a program that was born out of prayer. The Spirit of Christ guides us through prayer, empowers us through prayer, and provides for us through prayer. There are mighty things that the Lord is doing in the Northeast, across the United States, and around the world. Would you like to be a part of God's work through The Good Life with Dr. Danny? Visit drdanny.live. Dr. Danny invites you to join his prayer team. Each month, you will receive a letter updating you on some of the behind the scenes developments, prayer requests, along with a devotional that Dr. Danny writes to encourage you in the Lord Jesus Christ. Join the prayer team today and make an eternal difference in people's lives. Visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live.
0: You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. It's, it's not just
1: anybody who can do the kind of work that Reverend Kelly Fassett and her team are doing because it's it's talking about uniting and everyone and every organization, every church Every denomination has their own traditions, their own beliefs that have nuances, but they have taken a stance with the Nicene Creed, and there there's a there's an orthodoxy to their structure and yet a breath in acknowledging that the Lord is moving in uniquely in different ways. And there is both a spiritual and political Component that comes along with it. It's a, there's a social component that comes with it. There's a psychological component that all blends together within the structure of unity in Christ. Unity as the body of Christ and their motto, Together Towards Gospel Movement. That's Unite Boston. We have the director with us today, Reverend Kelly Fassett, the executive director for Unite Boston. On a personal, more personal note, Kelly, in what ways has the Lord helped you through challenging times?
2: God helps me through challenging times every every day. I would say my personal prayer time has my rock, my strength, um, just a a few moments in the first beginning of my day where I can just give it all to Jesus (laughs) and um, just allow God to fill me up and uh, meditate on a passage of Scripture and just find strength in God. That's been everything for me. Mm
1: -hmm. A spiritual discipline, your time in the Word, your time in prayer. How do you pray? What do you pray about? How does Kelly Fassett pray? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so often I start, I, It's it comes in different seasons. Sometimes I really take a song and it'll just let the words of a song kind of wash over me. A worship song? A worship song. Um, sometimes I sit in silence. There's this centering prayer where you just quiet yourself and then repeat a word or phrase um, over and over as a, in more of a meditative passion facet, um, like, um, Lord have your way or Holy Spirit come. You just say that over and over and it's really, um, you let everything else go. I think as a mom, um, yeah, I've been learning that prayer isn't always just those set aside moments, but prayer can also be. In my day-to-day life and seeing my daughter smile up at me or um, the kids just learning something new, doing something they haven't done before, trying to learn to see God in that as well. And that becomes a way of connecting to God. And in that way is also a time of prayer and and celebration and worship. Mm
1: -hmm. As an athlete you understand the importance of focus. Focus in spite of surrounding circumstances. Have you found it challenging at times to stay focused on the calling that God has given you through the ministry of Unite Boston? Mm
2: -hmm. For sure. I'd say earlier in in my 20s, there's a lot of energy and dreaming and, and life. I think when you're in your mid-20s, God gives you lots of, of ambitions and you you want to go and change the world kind of thing. Um, and as the years have gone on, I've begun to understand um, that unity isn't just like a kumbaya space where we're all just happy, holding hands in a circle, but the depth of, of pain and divisions and hardship um, that it takes to really witness to the reconciling love of Christ Um, as I began to understand that that hardship (laughs) the the hardness of getting there it makes me want at times to to walk away from it because it is really hard work Um, and especially being so far from my physical family um, in the Southwest um, being now a mom of two two kids um, yeah it's interesting uh, but I do there's been moments when it's like Lord really <laughs> I'm still in Boston can't I go back and run river rafts <laughs> down the Grand Canyon like I wanted to do and just feel like the Lord speaks to me and says well you'd probably get bored doing that after a while and I really have you here for a reason and and just just encouraging me that you're doing great, and <laughs> keep it up. That's kind of yeah.
1: Your team. Share a bit about the Unite Boston team that you work with.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so I have an amazing coworker named De- Devlin. He's a pastor in Newton, and he grew up in inner city Chicago and comes from a completely different background than I do, um, and thus can really sharpen our work um and um yeah he often brings things up to me that i didn't see myself and that's been really really influential um and then we have a lot of great volunteers um people like um chloe and others who have dreamed dreams about what the church could be doing and and have i've come along said them and we kind of help make that happen um i think about Rebecca, who is in Medford, and thought, there really needs to be a, a Christian singles um, network. And so she started doing prayer calls with Christian singles. Um, and that's dozens and dozens of people have been, there's been community fostered there um, and more.
1: Well, what do we do without our teams? Mm-hmm. And yet it also speaks of the leader that nurtures and guides and receives sometimes even insights from the team. And there's the synergism that I sense that you have, certainly for an organization to have the impact that you've had for so many years. What do you see looking forward? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, it's been really exciting to see these different organizations partnering together. And I would love to see that continue to build and grow, um, for churches and, and nonprofits and city initiatives as well to really come alongside one another and, and partner to make a difference and witness to God's kingdom coming. Um, yeah, it's not easy to get beyond our silos, but I think it's absolutely essential to help the church be more of a credible witness, um, in our city and, um, not just to be known what we're against, which sometimes that's what all the news shows, but the things that we can be for um, and in doing so, helping Christ to permeate through through us and to others that we meet. How
1: vital, Kelly, is listening, the art of listening?
2: That's the, the, the thing, the only thing, really, um, listening to God, listening to our neighbor think that's it's almost like when jesus said the greatest commandment love god and, and love your neighbor as yourself i think listening is absolutely like at the very core of of loving too
1: gold standard yeah why why so important? It,
2: listening helps uh to create that sense of 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 being with someone else of um identifying with them of of coming alongside and, and, and being part of their journey and you theirs, which I think is also Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Um, Jesus also was a great listener and, and challenger of, of things through, through the way he, he embodied that listening posture.
1: Someone has listened to you listened to us today. And and it's been a privilege to have them listening to us, to be with us, and they are with us. But as they've listened to us, as they've listened to you, they've heard you share your heart. Now, we don't know exactly what's in the hearts of every person, but the Lord knows. Has the Lord given you A word of encouragement to someone today, Kelly, who may be going through a tough time, their own challenge and their own life in this moment. What would you say?
2: I would say just reach out to God and in that tough moment and ask God, where are you in this with me? Um, And allow God to really fill you up and speak to you and and speak the thing that you need to hear Um, because I know the moments that I've done that um, it's, it's made all the difference
1: you're a woman of prayer you pray for our listener sure please thank you
2: yes God I thank you so much for these listeners and I pray that if there's anyone out there who is really in a tough time, God, that you would give them your your strength. Um, you would speak to them, their belovedness, their cher- how much you love them and cherish them and who they are and don't want this thing to be happening. And I just pray that um, this person, that they could find you and know you and receive you into their lives and that that would transform them um so would they reach out to you and and hear you speak to them pray this in jesus name
1: amen amen Amen. kelly i thank you for being with us today and i i want to extend my thanks to andrew reverend andrew and abigail and elise for their work with you and the the sacrifices that they make for Unite Boston. And my heart is overwhelmed right now by the love and grace that I feel God has for you and the work that uh, you have your hand at in this moment. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. It was a joy to be with you today.
1: Meaning making words from Kelly Fassett UniteBoston.com. My friend. God's timing is perfect, and there's no better time than right now to share the love of Jesus with someone near you. And if you haven't done so, look, I, I think this might be that perfect moment for you to open your heart to Christ. Would you do that? Visit drdanny.live. I've got some a video for you there and more resources to reach family and friends. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Colossians 3.14. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect Unity. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Kelly Facet, uniteboston.com Until next time, along with my producer David Nasora, Creative Director Brian Torres, web designer Shana Kusamoto, social media director Luke Yamashiro, and guest coordinator Jan Yi. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you as you share the love of Jesus with someone today.